there is no substitute for the preaching and teaching of God's Word. Each weekday on Enjoying the Journey, Scott Pauley leads us in a brief study of Scripture. Today, on the Weekend Pulpit, we are happy to share a full-length Bible message given through Scott's pulpit ministry. These messages were recorded live in a local church or gospel event in recent days. It is our prayer that the message will be a help to you today. In a moment, when God goes and breathes on His people, the wind of heaven blows, the Holy Spirit begins to work and move. I'm telling you, in an instant, God can bring a spiritual awakening. Revival is not hard. The hard thing is us getting in the place where we can allow God to do what God wants to do. Vance Havner was an old preacher in the hills of North Carolina. Vance Havner used to talk about being in tune with heaven. I like that expression. I wonder, are you in tune with heaven this morning? I didn't ask, are you in tune with me? We're just getting acquainted with one another. I didn't ask, can you hear my voice? I'm asking, are you in tune enough with heaven to hear the promptings of the Holy Spirit to your own heart? Are you walking in the Spirit enough so that all that He has to do is whisper to you and immediately you recognize His voice? Let me illustrate what I'm talking about. Do you hear the music in this room at this moment? Everybody listen real careful. You hear the beautiful music? Oh, it's here. I promise you it's here. You say, this preacher's either deaf or he's lost his mind this morning. No, it's here. I promise you it's here. And if you brought me a radio and let me start to tune the dial, somebody would say, oh, we know that station. Oh, we know that song, or I recognize that voice. Watch this, please. The music was here all along, but something had to get on the frequency of it for it to be heard. And I want to say something. God is here, and God is always speaking, and God is always active, and God is always working. But watch, somebody's got to get on his frequency. Somebody's got to get in tune enough with the Lord to say to the Lord, Lord, I want to hear what you have to say to me. Somebody's got to pray the prayer of Samuel. Speak, Lord, for thy servant here. Somebody's got to say with Isaiah, hear my Lord, send me. Somebody's got to get in the place where Jesus said, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Or in the revelation of Jesus Christ. What was said to every one of those seven churches. Look, I don't know your church. I don't know your church. Everything I've learned about your church, I've learned in the last 24 hours. Seriously, my first time here. So how can I know what you need? The answer is I don't, but God does. And when you look at every one of the seven churches in the Revelation, he ends his message to every one of them the same way. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear, watch this, what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I believe in the Holy Spirit. How many of you believe in the Holy Spirit? And I believe the Holy Spirit of God wants to speak to every one of us. And we've got to get ourselves spiritually, now physically you're in a good place, but spiritually in a place where we're in tune enough with God to make it personal and to let God speak to us. My pastor used to say that a great meeting, a great meeting is a meeting where God speaks to you. I like that. How will we judge this meeting? By the crowds? I, I'm thrilled to see all of you here for the opening Bible study hour. And I hope in every meeting you'll be here, and I hope you'll bring people with you. I'd love to see the place filled up with people hearing the Word of God. But you can't measure a meeting like this by the crowds. The devil can get a crowd, so that can be the measurement. 
Somebody said, well, we're going to measure it by how many people get saved. Well, I pray and believe we'll see some people come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But revival doesn't start with lost people getting saved. It starts with saved people getting right. Judgment must begin at the house of God. So how shall we judge this meeting? I tell you that the measurement of this meeting will be this, has God spoken to me? Your pastor said a few moments ago he was praying God would speak to him. Let me let you in on a little secret. I didn't come to speak to you this week. I came for God to speak to me. See, I learned as as an evangelist that I have nothing to say, but God has a whole lot to say, and I want God to speak to me. Do you know what one of the greatest challenges for a preacher is? I was thinking about this this morning, Pastor. One of the greatest challenges for a preacher on the Lord's Day is not getting ready to speak to others. It's getting to a place where he can hear from the Lord. That's the most challenging thing. See, the most important thing I have to do today is not work to give you a sermon. The most important thing I have to do today is worship God myself. The most important ministry I have is not this way, it's this way. Oh, I want to be in God's presence. I want to hear what thus saith the Lord. I want God to speak to me. And so why am I bringing you to Daniel chapter 9? It's not to talk to you about the 70 weeks of Daniel in case you're wondering. I'm bringing you to Daniel chapter 9 to show you some simple principles this morning that I think will lead us like an entry point into what God wants to say and do this week. I want you to write this down, would you please? Over Daniel chapter 9, maybe in the margin of your Bible or on a piece of paper, I want you to write down this little expression. You ready? How to hear from heaven. If I said to you this morning, would you like to hear from heaven? Everybody says, oh, yes, we'd like to hear from heaven. Well, how does that happen? I must tell you, I've never heard a big booming voice in the middle of the night. I've never seen a 900-foot Jesus. I've never had such an experience, but there have been moments where I knew God was speaking to me. Have you ever had such a time where you knew God was speaking? And by the way, I'm, I'm presupposing this truth, and it is this. We're here on earth. Watch this, please. We're here on earth, but the God of heaven wants to speak on earth. Do you believe that? You believe God wants to speak to us. If we don't, if we don't, look please, I'm wasting my breath and you're wasting your time. If we don't, let's close up shop now and go home. If we don't believe that, let me get back on an airplane and go back home to my family. Because if God has nothing to say to us, then this is all in vain. But if God wants to speak, then our responsibility is one thing. And that is to get in the place where we're ready to hear from heaven. How does that happen? All right, let's walk through the passage, and I want you to jot a few things down. Would you please? Number one, would you write this down? This is the way Daniel heard from heaven. Number one, he stayed in the Word of God. That's simple enough, isn't it? He started in the book, and he stayed in the book. I'm thrilled to see these young people here this morning. I see children, teenagers, and young adults, and college-age young people, and that's thrilling. And I want to commend you for being here, and you families for having your, your children with you in church. Now, this is interesting, but Daniel was carried off into Babylon when he, was, when he was younger than 18. Some people think 15, some people think 17, but whatever he was, whatever he was, he was, he was below the age of 18. Now watch this. He's going to live in Babylonian captivity from the time he's a teenager to the time he's about 90 years of age. Think of that. And he stays true to God all the way through. We'll talk more about that. This is fascinating to me, but somewhere before he turned 18, he got enough of God's truth in his heart and in his mind that he could build on it the rest of his life. I I will tell you, it's important to start in the Word of God. It's important to get rooted and grounded in Scripture, but listen to me. It's not just important that you start there, it's important that you stay there. Did you know by the time you get to Daniel chapter number 9 that Daniel is probably 80 years of age? 
You know, we're talking about a guy at a much different season. When I think of Daniel, I think of a kid, you know. When I think of Daniel, I think of a young man purposing in his heart. But by the time you get to Daniel chapter 9, he's not a kid. He's 80 years of age. And what is he doing? Oh, I love this. I love this truth. Do you know what he's doing in Daniel chapter 9? He's studying the scriptures. Do you know the most difficult people to get to grow in the Lord are people who are mature in the Lord? Ponder that just a moment. Because when you get a new Christian... Somebody just comes into the church, they come to faith in Christ, they don't know anything about the Bible. You remember when that was you years ago? And so somebody teaches you about baptism and you get baptized and somebody gives you your first Bible. Somebody talks to you about attending church and praying and witnessing and it's all new and you're taking it all in, soaking up everything. Remember when you first started studying the Bible and you discovered things for the first time and you were so excited about it? You came to church and told somebody and they, they said, we've heard that a hundred times, but it was fresh to you, you see. If you're not careful after you've been saved for a little while, I'll tell you what happens. The wonder and joy of it all wears off. So much so that when the pastor stands up and says, turn in your Bible to whatever portion of Scripture, Daniel, for example, people say, oh, we know that. We get to the place where we think we've arrived, and yet the greatest Christian who ever lived, the Apostle Paul said he had not yet apprehended, but he was still in pursuit of the Lord. I'm going to tell you one of the things that happens to us after a while, we think we know enough Bible. And so instead of reading it with diligence and fervency and, and real hunger and thirst after God, no, we're going through the motions. Excuse me, please, but we become professional Christians. That's what we become. And we know all the right things to say. And hey, we're in Sunday school. Something is missing. And I want to say to you the reason that Daniel in the midst of Babylon, by the way, aren't you glad that God can speak anywhere? That in the midst of the biggest messes, in the midst of the most pagan society, in the midst of the most difficult circumstances, God's truth can cut right through all of that. Absolutely wonderful. But the example of Daniel is this. He stayed in the Word of God. What was he doing? This is beautiful to me. Look at verse number 2. The Bible says he understood by books. What books? Well, if you keep reading, it says the number of the years where the Word of the Lord came to, and here's the book he was reading at the time, Jeremiah the prophet. So watch this. One of the same books we have in our Old Testament, Daniel had. I love that. Scripture attesting to Scripture. And so here is Daniel, and this will blow your mind. Here is Daniel writing Scripture. And while he's writing Scripture under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Daniel chapter number 9, he's also reading Scripture. <laughs> he's, he's reading what the Spirit of God had to say to Jeremiah the prophet. Uh, look. I don't care who you are, how much Bible you know, how long you've been in church, how many revival meetings you've attended, there's always more that God has to say to us. And how does God speak, church? God speaks through His Word. If I said to you, Jesus is going to be in this auditorium this afternoon at 1 o'clock and He'd like to speak to your congregation, how many of you would come? Would you raise your hand? You wouldn't just come, you'd fight for the front seats. You call all your neighbors and friends and say, I can't believe this, but Jesus is going to be at our church today. Somebody said, oh, that'd be fascinating, preacher. Now, let me tell you something more fascinating. God made a way so that he could speak to us every day. And that you wouldn't have to come into a building like this every day to hear from God. I love it. You could hear from God every day. You could hear from heaven by simply staying in the word of God. Somebody said, but that's so simple. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what we're missing is the simple things. So even when an evangelist shows up, everybody wants to learn some new thing. Teach us something, preacher. All right, let's start here. 
Could it be that the revival we need is a revival of Bible reading? And people loving the scriptures again and a real meditation in God's truth. Listen, I believe that if we got back into the book and we got the book into us, God would work deeply in our hearts and awaken something in us that only God can awaken. God would speak, not just the preacher. And so if you want God to speak, open his word. George Whitfield, who knew something about revival, he was the great preacher of the Great Awakening, said this, and I quote, God has condescended to become an author, and most people will never read the book he wrote. So may I ask you, this week, what did God say to you through his word? So far today, what has God said to you through his word? Let me show you what it did for Daniel. Three simple things. Look at verse number two. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, here's the first thing the word of God gives He said, I understood. The first thing the Holy Spirit will do when you open the Word of God is He'll open your understanding. He'll give you understanding. The Spirit works through the Scriptures. Everybody wants the Holy Spirit to move. Do you know who the Holy Spirit is? He's the Spirit of truth. And what is the Word? It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So if we want the Holy Spirit to work and to move, then we must give attention to the Word. I was on an airplane a little over a week ago, I guess, And I was studying for a message. I was preaching out of the book of Jeremiah, actually, in another state. And I was working, studying, and there was a a flight attendant seated across the aisle from me. She was not working. She was on the flight. And uh, at some point in the flight, she she reached across the aisle. She tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, what are you reading? I thought perhaps she was an unbeliever. And so I said, well, I'm I'm reading the Bible. I said, I'm a preacher. And... uh, she started laughing, and she said, well, of course, I know you're reading the Bible. She said, I'm a Christian. And I said, well, good, I'm glad you know the Lord. And she said, what are you reading? And I said, well, I'm reading the book of Jeremiah. I'm preaching from Jeremiah all day tomorrow in a church. And so she wanted to know what I was studying and talking about, and so we chatted about that for a moment. And, and then I went back to my work, and she went back to what she was doing. And about two or three minutes went by, and she reached across the aisle again, tapped me on the shoulder. She said, can I ask you a question, preacher? I said, sure. She said, are you any good at interpreting dreams? And I said, no, ma'am, I'm not. And she said, really? She almost looked puzzled like she just knew I was going to be one of those dream interpreters, you know. And uh, I'm thinking immediately the verse came to mind where, uh, <laughs> where uh, Joseph was called on to interpret dreams. And he said, it is not in me, God shall, you know. And I said to her, no, no, I'm not any good at interpreting dreams. And she said, Really? And I said, why do you ask? And she, she said, well, I had a dream last night that really troubled me. Now, that's, that's interesting because in the book of Daniel, there was a whole lot of that that happened. You know, people having dreams that got troubled by dreams. And uh, I had no thought of this, of course, at that particular time. And uh, I said to her, well, let me, let me give you a piece of advice. You said you're a Christian. She said, yes, sir. I said, I believe God can speak any way he wants to. I said, I, I believe God can even speak to us through dreams and in our subconscious mind, prompt thoughts, and I'm not discounting that. I said, however, I would be real leery of basing your life on dreams, and I'd be real wary of anybody that can tell you that they know what all your dreams mean. And I said, if you're a Christian, let me give you a piece of advice. Probably the best way to get guidance for your life is from reading the Bible, because it is truth. And I said to her, my suggestion is that if God is going to speak to you through a dream, he will always confirm it through his word, that God will teach you through his word whatever he's been trying to impress on your heart and mind. And her eyes got big, and she said, that's very interesting to me. And I said, why? 
She said, well, just this morning, she said, I was reading in 1 Peter. She told me the verse and told me the truth. And she said, as I'm thinking about it now, she said, I didn't even make the connection. But she said, the thing that troubled me in the middle of the night, she said, I think maybe God answered that question for me this morning through the Bible and was trying to teach me something. And I said to her, well, very good. I was thinking now the, the old hymn that says, God is his own interpreter and he shall make it plain. So it's not me interpreting it is God speaking. It is God guiding. It is God leading. Now, why do I tell you that, this story? Are you ready for this? Daniel was good at interpreting dreams. Did you know that? When you read through the book of Daniel, repeatedly he's called on to interpret dreams, and every time God gives him light. And yet, watch this. Even the man who had the God-given gift in the Old Testament of interpreting dreams, guess what he depended on to hear from God? The Word. And I want to say to you, instead of us waiting on some other means Let's open the means we have because as we stay in the Word of God, God gives us understanding. That's not all He gives. Look back at verse number 2 at the end of the verse. He says that He read in Jeremiah the prophet that He would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Uh, the Word of God not only gave Him understanding, the Word of God also gave Him faith and hope. Remember, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So as He was in the Word of God, hope grew inside of Him. Frankly, these captives have been living down in Babylon for a long time. Wondering, is this ever going to end? Is there ever going to be any end to it? And it was as he read and studied the Word of God that he came across this promise in Jeremiah. Can you imagine when the light bulb came on in Daniel's mind and heart? He must have been thrilled. Don't you love to read the Bible and find yourself in the Bible? And know God's speaking to you. It's like the Lord zeroed in on you and he's saying something to you. Well, that's what happened with Daniel when he read Jeremiah. And I want to say to every person in this room that somewhere this week in these meetings, God has something he wants to say to you personally. I don't know where it will be. And by the way, I may not even say it. Chew on that just a moment. I remember some time ago I was preaching in a meeting and uh, preaching to believers, to Christian people. At the end of the meeting, a dear person came forward and said, I've never been saved. I've got to get my salvation settled. I didn't even preach on that. I didn't deal with assurance of salvation. Guess who did? The real preacher did. Did you know I'm not the real preacher this week? I just work for him. The real preacher is the Holy Spirit of God. And he will speak to you. And he will give you faith to believe. And he will give you a hope. He will meet your need right where you are. I said to the pastor this morning, for me, one of the greatest things I've learned on the road and have a deep conviction in is the sufficiency of Scripture. I do not have to preach good sermons to you. That's a relief. You know what I have to do? I have to give you the Word of God. And if I give you the Word of God, God will speak Himself and give understanding and give faith and give hope. That's not all. Look at it again. He led him to prayer. He gave him motivation to pray. Watch this. In verse 1 and 2, he's studying the book of Jeremiah. In verse 3, it says, and. Notice this conjunction. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications. Let me tell you what the Word of God will do. The Word of God will always lead you to prayer. That's why I recommend people, if possible, read the Bible on your knees. You know what it will do for you? It will lead you to prayer. See, when God speaks, guess what he wants? He wants you to talk back. <laughs> A conversation is both ways. You're communing back and forth. And let me tell you what I really believe God wants. God wants us to get in a place where he can speak to us and we can speak to him. I believe that this book that I'm teaching from this morning is the greatest prayer book in the world. As a matter of fact, I have found one of the greatest ways to understand Scripture is pray my way through the passage. Don't read the passage. Pray your way through it. 
verse by verse, turn each verse, each line to prayer. Talk to God about what God is talking to you about. It's an amazing thing, but when you start talking to the author, he lives inside of you, you know. When you start talking to the author, he starts showing you things that you had not seen in Scripture before. The Word of God will bring you into the presence of the Lord. It is not about knowing more Scripture. It's about seeking God himself. And so number one, if you want to hear from heaven, stay in the book. Number two, would you write this one down? Not only did Daniel stay in the Word, but number two, he prayed. Most of the chapter is consumed with this prayer. Let me just point out a few things. Follow along with me. Would you please look at verse number three? It says, and, he, and I set my face unto the Lord God. Notice his attention is towards God. So much distraction. So much distraction. Even in church, excuse me, too much distraction. As a matter of fact, all of these conveniences can become such a distraction. So many things pulling on us. Even sitting in a meeting like this, and we start looking around at everybody else. And Did you know you can even get distracted by the preacher? may not be intentional, but you could get, you could get taken with the way he says something or something you don't like or whatever and get so prejudiced that you can't even receive truth. Notice this, please. If you're going to hear from heaven... You've got to get everybody else out of the way, and your attention has to be Godward. He set his attention to the Lord. And notice, notice the rest of the verse. He says, to seek by prayer and supplications. Notice the intensity here. Supplications is the strongest word for prayer. There's intensity in it. And then it says, with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. What's that? There's humility in it. He's, he's humbling himself. That's what fasting does. It says, dear Lord, I don't know. Oh, God, help me. I, I, I don't have what I need, but I believe you have what I need, and I'm looking to you for what I need. There is sincerity in it. He's setting his face. Did you know that expression is used in the New Testament for Jesus? When he set his face steadfastly to go to Jerusalem, there's sincerity. I'm just I'm fixed on something. I'm moving towards one purpose. I wonder, do you really want to hear from heaven? Or do you want to just have a meeting? I mean, honestly, let's get real for a minute. Because I go some places where they just want to have their meeting. I mean, they just want to have two or three days of services, and then we'll all go home, and we'll be the same people we were when we started. And I want you to know, if that is our attitude, we're going to miss what God wants to say to us. No, we've got to get wide open to the Lord. So there is an attention to God. And then notice what he says immediately. Look at verse number 4. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made, watch this, my confession. There's not only attention to God, there's confession of sin. This is where the rubber meets the road. Maybe this is why we don't hear more from the Lord. See, the Bible says your sins have separated between you and your God. So the one thing that will keep you from hearing from heaven is whatever's between you and Jesus right now. It could be something that's between you and someone else. In real revival, people only get right with God, they get right with each other. And so Daniel is confessing his sin. I wish you had time to read all of it, but come down and look at verse number 5, the first three words. Mark it, verse, verse 5. We have sinned. Come to verse number 8. O oh Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, to our fathers, because, mark it again, we have sinned against thee. 
Look at verse 11. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because, mark it please, we have sinned against him. Look at verse 15. And now, O Lord our God, that has brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and has gotten thee renowned as at this day. See, this doesn't sound familiar. Verse 15. We have sinned. We've done wickedly. And so he begins by saying, let's get everything out of God's way. I'm thinking now of that old hymn written by Charles Tindley. as a pastor in Philadelphia years ago. And he sat in his study one day and wrote these words, Nothing between my soul and the Savior. Not of this world's delusive dreams. I have renounced all sinful pleasure. Jesus is mine. There's nothing between. Can you say that today? Because if we really want God to speak, then we've got to be willing to confess sin. But watch this now. He uses this term, we. He said, I've sinned, but we have sinned. Watch this. There's no only attention to God and confession of sin. There's intercession for others. See, when you really start getting close to God, you get God's heart for other people. I wonder, who are you burdened for today? When was the last time we wept for souls? I mean, wept. When was the last time we were broken for a prodigal? Oh, we say we want them to come home. We say we pray their name. We call their name. We put their name in a bulletin. When was the last time we bore them to the throne of God? When was the last time? There's only one mediator. That's Jesus. But there are many intercessors. When was the last time that we were intercessory in our prayers? We get so selfish even in our prayers, don't we? We pray for us 90% of the time. And yet Daniel said, oh, Lord, we need you. Help us, Lord. And he bears all of Israel, all of the captives into the presence of the holy God. That's not all. Watch this. He makes a petition in verse 17. Look at verse 17. Now, therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications. I love this. And cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. I wish I had time to show you this. I love this. What's the sanctuary? That's the temple. Remember, the temple had been destroyed in Jerusalem, and so uh, God's face was not towards it, and Daniel prays. That's a big prayer. I mean, he's way down in Babylon. He's praying, oh, Lord, I want your face to shine again upon the temple. Now, watch this. He prays that in the first year of the king. That's what verse 1 says, in the first year of the king. If we had time, I'd take you to Haggai chapter 1 and verse number 1. Guess what they started rebuilding? In Haggai 1 verse 1, They started rebuilding the temple so God's face could shine there again. And and it gives the date. Guess what the date was? The second year of the same king. So watch this. In the first year of the king, Daniel starts praying this way. And one year later, the prayer gets answered. Can I give you a word of encouragement this morning? You don't know when God's going to answer your prayer, but keep on praying. Ask, seek, knock. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Keep on praying because the answer's on the way. He's praying big prayers. What was the last big prayer you prayed for? I mean big prayer. I mean impossible. Only God could do it. What was the last thing you asked God to do and only the Lord could prove himself by doing that? I'm challenging you this week. If we want to hear from heaven, that's the kind of prayer we got to pray. And then notice this about his prayer. There was an appropriation of God's presence and promise. Look at verse 19. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. 
O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake, O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. He said, God, we need you. We're not asking for something from you. We're asking for you. When you start seeking the presence of God, I promise you, you'll hear from heaven. Show you something really interesting. Look at the end of verse 18. He says, We do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses. Remember all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags? But for thy great mercies. I love this. We don't come prancing into the presence of a holy God and say, We deserve this. No, no. We come in his presence and we fall down at his feet and we say, Lord, we have nothing good. Every good thing's in you. If you answer this prayer, it won't be because we deserve it. If you answer this prayer, it'll be because you're merciful. Let me tell you something. When you get that posture in your heart before a holy God, you're going to hear from heaven. Number one, he stayed in the word. Number two, he prayed. Number three, don't miss this. He received God's message. Look at verse 20. I love it. And whilst I was speaking and praying, and confessing my sin, and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I'd seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. Don't you love it when God butts in? Daniel said, while I was praying, God spoke up. While I was asking, God spoke. While I was seeking the Lord, God showed up. His messenger came with a message from heaven. I ask you again, would you like to hear from heaven? If you'd like to hear from heaven, then you've got to get ready to receive God's word. I'm thinking now of Isaiah chapter 65 and verse number 24. Let me just read it to you. Isaiah 65, 24 says, It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. That's exactly what happened in Daniel chapter 9. While he was praying, God started speaking. Did you know when you really get on praying ground, you don't do all the talking? When you really get in fellowship with God, in communion with God, the Lord begins to speak. He shows you things. I'm not suggesting God's going to give any more scripture. I'm certainly not suggesting he's going to send Gabriel, the angel, to touch you on the shoulder. But I am suggesting that the same God, through his word, can minister to you right where you are if you'll be willing to receive God's word to you. By the way, notice when the angel showed up. He said about the time of the evening oblation. Now, I think Daniel had been praying for it all day. There's a morning oblation too. There's a morning sacrifice. He said the angel didn't show up to the evening sacrifice. But watch this. He said the angel said that morning God said go to him. So it took him all day for whatever reason. It took all day for Gabriel to get from where he was to where Daniel was. That was just God's time. It was God's way. You don't always know when God's going to speak. You don't always know when the Lord's going to show up. But be sure of this. If you get to a place where you're hearing from him and you're talking to him and you're ready to receive from him, God will show up and God will speak. There's a beautiful little nugget right here in verse number 23. Look at it. He says, at the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee. And I love this. Thank you for this, Holy Spirit. For thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. He said, I want you to know God loves you. He loves you a lot. And he loves you so much he wants to commune with you and speak to you and show you things and could I give you an encouragement this morning, church? God loves you. If something he wants to say to your church, to your family, to your life, you can't always know when or how God will speak, but you can always rest assured in this. God loves you, and he has much to say to you. The key, watch this, please. The key is getting in the place where God can speak.
And I wonder, would you really like to hear from heaven? When this meeting is done, I don't care if you remember my name. I really could care less. I am not concerned that you remember every outline I gave. And I am not under the delusion that you will remember everything I said. But if when this meeting is done, God has spoken to us. And we can say, I'll tell you one thing. We were in the Lord's presence. God spoke. The Lord was there. If, if when this is all done, we know God better and love him more, then I tell you, <laughs> the meeting's not been in vain. Because one thing happened. We heard from heaven. I'd like you to bow your heads for just a moment. And I want us to close this Bible study hour with a, just a moment of prayer. And before I pray for you, I want you to pray. Would you pray right now? Just talk to God. He's listening. Would you say to the Lord, Lord, speak to me. Open my heart. Oh, Lord, show me yourself and show me me. Would you pray that prayer? Take the prayer of the psalmist, Psalm 119, open thou mine eyes. Would you pray this? Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Our Father, I pray this morning that the Spirit of truth will use the Word of God in a way that is beyond the ordinary, Lord, exceeding abundant above all we've asked or thought to speak to every one of us. Lord, I want my life to be different when this meeting is done. I pray that you will raise our expectations, our expectations from you, Lord, Raise our expectations to believe you for great and mighty things which we know not. We pray for that today. And Father, I pray that in every meeting, in every message, as we read the Word of God even on our own this week, that every one of us will know we've heard from heaven. And our lives will be different because of it. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If this Bible message has been used of God in your life, or we can pray for you in some definite way, please contact us at enjoyingthejourney.org. We hope you will share the message with others who may also be encouraged by it. For additional full-length Bible messages, please visit Dr. Scott Pauley's YouTube channel. Tomorrow is the Lord's Day, and we want to encourage you to be faithful to attend a Bible preaching church in your area this Sunday. Thank you for listening to The Weekend Pulpit. And don't miss Enjoying the Journey daily devotional podcast each Monday through Friday.